Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is September 30th, and our reading comes from Philippians chapter 2. Listen to how he begins in verse 1. He says this, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? If that's true, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and one purpose. What a great passage, right? The church must be united. We're the family of God. And when we work together, when we stand together, we can accomplish almost anything. We can really transform our world. In fact, today there are 2 billion Christians on the planet. And one of the reasons our impact has been so limited is rather than standing and working together, we've been so divided. So where does this commu- this unity come from? Well, Paul says it comes from our encouragement from belonging to Christ. It comes from the love in our hearts from God. It comes from the fellowship we have together in the Spirit. It comes from the tenderness and the compassion that God is producing in us. In other words, as I'm with Jesus and God is working in my heart, guess what happens? then it naturally brings us together. In other words, disunity in the church is always the fruit of immaturity. Unity is always the fruit of the Spirit, God bringing us together so we can work together to impact our world for Christ. And then watch what he says beginning in verse 3. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. What a relevant verse for American culture. Let me read it again. Listen to this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Man, we live in the selfie generation, right? In American culture, it's all about me. I can remember years ago when cell phones first hit the market, and then when somebody came up with this dumb idea of putting a camera in a phone, I thought, who wants a camera in their phone? That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. Well, I guess I was wrong and should have invested all of my money in Apple. But (laughs) the truth is today, not only do we have a camera in our phone, it's the best camera we've ever owned. And, And today there are more selfies taken than any other picture. And then we'd have a tendency to use those selfies on social media to brag about how wonderful our life is, right? Paul's saying right here, let's do the opposite. Let's not be selfish Let's not be self-centered. Let's not brag about how great our life is. Let's think of others instead of trying to get everybody thinking about us. And don't look out only for your interest, but let's consider the interest of other people. Again, we also live in a culture that's so polarized. And the reason we're polarized, what polarization really is, is I'm in my camp and we've got 
these set of values and we are completely unconcerned about what the other side wants, what's important to them, what their values are. We're only thinking of ourselves, which creates all the polarization in our culture around any number of different topics and ideologies. Paul says, listen, that's not who we are as believers. We are for everybody. And then I love this. This is one of the best passages in the Bible, beginning in verse 5. Have the same attitude that Christ had, though he was God. He didn't consider equality with God something to cling to. Though he was God, he wasn't running around taking selfies all the time. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a beautiful passage. Paul says, listen, let's live that way. Jesus laid down his life in faith, and God raised him up in glory and he will be glorified for all eternity. And in the very same way, we're to lay down our lives for the sake of the kingdom, to love and serve others, to point people to Jesus, knowing that one day we too will be exalted. We will rule and reign with Christ. We are joint heirs of the kingdom. So let's have the same attitude that Jesus had. Instead of building our little kingdom, let's leverage our lives to build his kingdom for his glory, just like Jesus. Verse 14, do everything, gosh, again, this is so relevant to America. Watch this. Do everything without complaining, and arguing. You know, in America, we can barely do anything today without complaining or arguing. He says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. In other words, it affects your witness, right? He says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I'll be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless, but I'll rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. So he says, come on, let's live for the kingdom. Let's pour out our lives for Jesus. And when we do, we begin to experience true life. This is what we were created for. Way back in Genesis 1 and 2, when God created the world, He gave us dominion. His, he invited us to rule and reign, to build His kingdom, to establish His kingdom in the earth. This is what we were made for. And when we live this way, Man, it produces great joy and satisfaction in our hearts. Let me pray for you. Father, man, what a powerful and clear word for American culture. God, it's so important that as a church, we stand 
united. And our unity comes from our maturity. So God, we're connecting with you today and inviting you to do this work in us, God, to grow and to mature us so that we can stand with our brothers and sisters and serve this world. God, you've told us not to be selfish, but to be humble. God, I pray in a culture that's constantly pushing us to elevate and exalt ourselves, to try to get everybody to look at me. God, that in the face of that culture, we would, like Christ, humble ourselves, that we'd become a servant, even to the point of death, in order for Jesus to be exalted and ultimately for us to be exalted because we gave our life serving our King. And so, God, we pray for the faith to live that way. And then in verse 12, you said, work hard to show the results of your salvation. And then in verse 13, you said, for God is working in you. And God, I pray that we would be able to understand that balance. We would work out our salvation. We would pursue you and invite you to crucify anything in our life that doesn't please you, that we're, we're doing all that we can to grow and that we're trusting you are working in us. We're in this together. Help us, God, to lean into you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me today. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.